Six weeks ago, Mervyn got strolled into the Hunter's Path in Bristol, Tony got badgered in the Highlands, Frankie proved not to be street smart, and Dan couldn't outrun his fate. Welcome to the final episode of this series of Your Time on the Run, the Hunter podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is my fellow Brit, who's being paid every time he says the word so, Anthony Williams. Oh, so, how are you? So, good morning, Ant. <laughs> and the lady who, when her children ask for a McDonald's drive through she ignores them, Michelle pierce Denham. Oh, but no, I have to get it too. <laughs> no, you ignore them and then you guess it and they don't. That's how it works. Really? See, that wouldn't work in one vehicle. It just, just wouldn't work. They'd come over the top of me and get the stuff off me from the front seat. You ask what they want, you say, that's nice, dear, then you order your own stuff and then drive away. <laughs> how do you think of this stuff? Like, it wasn't even on the episode. The McDonald's drive through stuff was. Yeah, it was. Um, was it? When? Yeah, it was uh, Ben and Rob when they were in the broken, broken down uh, mini. And he's oh, like, if you see any McDonald's drive throughs feel free. If you feel oh, like yes. buying as one, feel free. If you feel like ignoring him, <laughs> feel free. So, after 25 days on the run, we have four winners, as predicted. And they were, <laughs> as predicted, the four people we thought. Yay! Yay, go us. And more importantly, somebody guessed in week one that Dan and Haley were getting engaged on the run. Yeah, nice one. Well done. Yeah. yeah good. Very good. <laughs> it was really on the run, though. That means seriously, hurry up, answer me. We've got to jump in the, in the water right now. <laughs> I wish I could say I wasn't being really smug about this over the past two days, but I've been really, really smug about this the past two days. <laughs> Of course. Of course you have. Of course you have, my gosh. I have no idea how I guessed it, because this is the first series, genuinely, where I have known no spoilers or anything. Nothing about who got far, or anything like that. And somehow I managed to get the most on the nose of anything ever that I've ever predicted, I think. Mm. Mm, it's like me with the mole last year. It really was, but we don't talk about that because uh, because of how terrible your predictions were on Vidim. That bad. They both of two of my three people got to the finale, so I'm still taking that as a minor win if I didn't actually get the actual mole. True, you weren't as bad as Logan, which is all the masses. Well, yeah, his his people went out one round halfway through. Yeah, final six was the last one of his. He somehow managed See, to get himself it. eliminated before final five, yeah. which is very impressive. <laughs> I know. So, 22 days ago, 10 ordinary people went on the run. Four have been caught, leaving three pairs, which is Ella and Jess, Ben and Rob, and Dan and Haley. And if they can evade the hunters for three more days and reach the extraction point in Anglesey, they will share £100,000. Now, this previously section was very interesting because I am 99% sure that they used at least one scene we didn't see in an episode. Oh, go on. I didn't spot that. I wasn't mm. paying much attention to the previously. We saw Rob celebrating in a pub. And I'm assuming he went there to watch a Liverpool match. Ah. It's very early on in the previously, but they do um, they do show him celebrating in a pub. Mm. No, we definitely didn't see that. Because we didn't see anything of them. No. no. Which I still find really odd. Because they were just gone. They were off their radar, totally. Yeah. It's definitely a question for the end of this episode, that, because I have no idea why they were so unedited. Especially as we found out this week, they have a very good reason for being on the run. And also, they're very fun when they're shown. Yeah. Mm. Odd. Yeah, so something's happened there, and I want to know what. Mm. So the episode begins with HQ tracking Ellen and Jess to Ivan's home in Newbury, and they're sat in the garden, chilling. 
And if HQ make the connection, then good on them. They've done a lot of legwork for it. And the hunters run around the garden as Ella and Jess hear them. Jordan tries a preemptive your time and the run's over, but does end up catching Ella. And Jess is hiding in the forest. And Kayam runs around the forest, shouting about her time on the run being over. And she's holding a microphone pack and tells the cameraman to hide behind her. And I'm 99% sure that some of those bushes were actually taller than Hunter Nick. And they were. <laughs> she was being dwarfed. It was like her own little forest when she was coming up with the weeds. <laughs> and, uh, she, she needed a machete to get through the weeds. It's funny. And in the most casual your time in the run is over ever, Kayam just strolls over to her and, and says it. And he doesn't even look like he wanted to chase her. <laughs> no. And, and I think this is the one time when I will admit you probably would have seen them because it wasn't the best hiding place for a for a fugitive and a camera person. Yeah, she wasn't sort of, no. was she? <laughs> no, not really. I'll, I'll give him that one. <laughs> and Sherlock congratulates them for nearly making it to the end, and they get a round of applause from HQ. And we get a Dougie high five. We do. And I was having this conversation with Doug last night, actually. Um, this series, more than ever, I think we got kind of a more human side to HQ whenever they caught anyone. They always seem to be kind of disappointed to end people's dreams this year, which they never were in previous years. No, they've given them all a lot of credit, haven't they, this time? Even Merv, who kind of got a, we thought you were going to be a bit more difficult than that. They've not been outwardly antagonistic to anyone apart from Frankie, probably. No, that's true. That's true. And that was only within the game, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't like they kidnapped a dog or read a bedtime story. (laughs) No. And Sherlock says that they're lovely, but he's still glad that they caught them. Yeah. Do you, do you think... So I know so far this season, the day number has related to the people that get caught early on. Do you think that was true of this episode? I, it feels to me like I don't think they made it 22 days. I'm not sure. I can't see a reason why they would keep the girls until this late on, if they didn't actually make it that long. Mm. Well, just to spread out the captures, because we've had like one each week, haven't we? Yeah, but they've been roughly about every three or four days. Yeah, it might it might have dropped that way, but I don't know. They, they didn't they didn't seem the way they acted. They didn't seem like they were that close to the end compared to the others. Yeah, I don't see what the point of saving, say, a day eight capture until the final episode would be, because they they don't really have any more of a story than some of the other people who've been caught. No. Like, if you're going to save an early capture, you probably save someone like Tony, who's elusive and fun. Not that Ella and Jess aren't. Don't come for me, Nicola's mum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah, the the girls are quite normal in terms of hunted people. Mm. So yeah. I wouldn't see why they would necessarily save them, because they're not as big characters as some of the other people who've been caught. No, I'm, I'm not saying they've kind of broken the chronology. I just mean that it might have been 1920, something like that. I don't think there's much difference in terms of urgency if you caught on a day 19 as a day 22. In terms of, I think you would still try and run and hide as as much. When you start getting the extraction information, that's a different story. Yeah, definitely. Talking of the extraction information, Sherlock opens day 23 with a little recap of uh, where everyone is. He says he's not happy with how far Ben and Rob have got. He hates mummy's boys. Sorry, anyone who is. And then he just cuts to random hunters. <laughs> I know. Do you think those two guys were ribbed for just that shot? Can you imagine? Can you can can you imagine those two saying to the editors, like, what the hell have you done to me? <laughs> yeah. Cheers, guys. Nice edit. Thanks. 
I want to know who they are. I want their names. I need their names. It feels like a proper editor's joke, that, to me. Like, yeah. we know these guys are going to get really annoyed if we call them Mummy Spice, so we're just going to subtly call them Mummy Spice. That's so sad, though. That's so sad that you shouldn't have pointed to those two guys. Oh my god. There was absolutely no reason that the editors should have done that, other than to take the piss out of those two guys. Yeah, yes. they, they are definitely the two guys who live with their parents. Oh, those poor, poor guys. And the answer to where um, Ben and Rob are is they're in the middle of nowhere, chucking tennis balls at each other's testicles. <laughs> of course Why they are. the hell? I've actually wrote down, is that a particular game that men play? Because I don't understand it. It's a game that Ben and Rob play, clearly. Yeah, I don't think it's a particular game that either of the men here play. <laughs> Neither of you have played that no. game at any point in your life. I can't say that I can remember a time when I've gone with a friend chucking tennis balls, playing cock shots, no. No. So weird. What did, like, this this season, what, didn't it open with, no, it didn't open with two people doing anything weird. Yes, it did. What was it? It was Ella and Jess running back Ella to the start Ella and Jessica. Point. Yeah. <laughs> like, of all the Ben and Rob scenes that we need to see to reintroduce ourselves to them, why do they choose a scene where they are throwing tennis balls at each other's cocks? Because it's the editor. It's the same editor that pointed to those two poor guys in headquarters. It really is. <laughs> How many editors are there? I don't know. The, these people are elusive as all hell. <laughs> yeah, because they, they, they need to be, because people will come after them. But it it just seems like, given how little Ben and Rob content we had during this series, why did they choose to reintroduce them to us with that? Because well, we had the toilet yeah. roll game earlier on in the season, which we were both, all of yeah. us were amused with. So yeah. they had to end the season with another stupid game. Every time it's got to them, it's been them doing something random, like talking about Jaffa cakes. Yeah, how much of this <laughs> alternate stuff was there? <laughs> God knows. That's what you got to think. Was there one for each episode and they just decided to cut it all out? It may be. <laughs> and Dan and Haley were last seen heading towards Greenard on CCTV, and they are in the arse end of nowhere. God, I love Dan and Haley. I'm going to miss them. Oh, so good. So good. Dan says he has no clean boxes or t-shirts. His boxes that he's wearing have got cow shit on them. Haley gags, and he says that the hunters would run away from him. It's definitely <laughs> a tactic. <laughs> Come and give me a cuddle. Maybe for series six, someone should just bathe in cow shit, and then uh, no hunter's ever going to try and catch them. <laughs> Could you imagine them running after them? Them running the other way. <laughs> Tell you what, in the current situation, it's a good way to encourage social distancing. <laughs> Your time of the run is over from a safe distance. <laughs> yes, <laughs> from at least one meter away. And she says that she loves that he's daft, but he's her kind of crazy. And she's controlling. Not controlling. Cut that out. <laughs> Brilliant, aren't they? <laughs> These two were made for each other. They're wonderful. They really were. But at, at the next point, I was going, oh, I think I'm right. Because for some reason, there is a shoehorned confessional about why he hasn't proposed yet. Yeah. I think we all watched it going, oh, I wonder what's going to happen then. <laughs> Yeah, as I said on the RCV Warriors Twitter, it was the one tweet that I sent out about the hunted finale, he's gonna propose! <laughs> <laughs> and spoilers, he does. 
And the B&B owner that they are staying in is giving them a lift out. There is only one road in and one road out. And Steve sees some people under a bridge. It's not them. However, Dan and Haley do drive past the Volvo. And after all we've said about Haley's instincts, Dan's instinct is that as soon as he sees the hunters nearby, he needs to change cars. That is a good instinct. The owner drops them off on a random road, and they get to hide out in a farm. And Dan says that they have to throw the hunters off their scent, which, when he's wearing boxes that have been dipped in cow shit, probably isn't that hard. And HQ get a live update. Dan's mum got a call from a stately home in Kendall, and it is Haley doing a decoy, claiming that they've split up. Yeah, I, I don't know how much this worked and how much it didn't work. It felt like they did fall for it, and then they kind of went back on it and were like, no, it was definitely a decoy, definitely. Does this feel to you like it's them just satisfying the rules? Uh, no, I don't I don't think it did. I think they genuinely felt a bit of pressure and wanted to do something, and mm. coincidentally it just happened that that was one of the things they were supposed to do. I don't think they set out to do it just as a decoy. I think they genuinely did want to try and send them the wrong way. I was wondering whether they actually were just thinking, oh no, we haven't actually contacted anyone officially that um, the hunters could trace, we need to do it now. Could be. And Dan says, this is a big move. As soon as they get the update, they're going to come right here. At which point we cut to Hattie shouting, rapid fire! (laughs) Rapid fire updates! Get to Kendall! And then Dan says that he should have done it because he can run, and they are dicing with fire. Dicing with fire, mixing his metaphors beautifully there. <laughs> if there is a Dan and Haley quote that can sum up the Dan and Haley experience, it is probably dicing with fire. <laughs> and then Mark and Michelle appear at the stately home to make some inquiries, and Dan and Haley drive past another Volvo. At which point, Hattie and Sherlock go back and suspect that it's a decoy. They've wasted enough time, effort, and resources on their stupid plan. Yeah. And they kind of pinned it, it was a decoy on the phrase that Haley used because she said, I've split from my walking partner, which is an odd phrase to use, isn't it? It is, but also on paper, they're probably the couple least likely to split. Yeah, that, well, that's also true. But it's just it's just an odd phrase to use. You'd you'd have said boyfriend, wouldn't you? I don't know. Seems seems a bit of a strange thing. And they seem to make a big deal out of it. They mention it a couple of times. Maybe it's the hunted equivalent of it's complicated on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Relationship status, walking partner. Walking partner with. Do you think of all the seasons that Dan and Haley have seen the hunters more than anybody else? You know, like just driving past them, because it it seems Mm. to come up quite a bit with them. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I would potentially say that they are the biggest characters we've ever seen. Mm Mm-hmm. I also think they've probably done more prep than your average hunted character, because there was a a few moments where Dan's referenced things Mm. that other teams have done in the past. I think think they're super fans. I think Mm. so, too. Which means there is a chance that they could have actually discovered us and that's why they're not contacting us this series. Possible. So just send us a message. Come on, you know you want to. Yeah, it's all over now. It's all, it's all out in the <laughs> open. If you've been listening, let us know. We're not begging it, but, you know, we are. And Ben and Rob are camping in Cumbria. They stink. And they get to have a bucket shower on camera because, for some reason, we just get to see the really silly scenes of them. <laughs> and they've spent over half of their time in the run camping in rural locations, and they want a calendar. Why are they in the middle of the field? They could have camped 
in the trees, in the brush, off to the right of where they were? Why camp in the middle of the field? If it's going to rain, it's going to rain all over you. At least you've got some cover. Why? Because Ben and Rob. Yeah, they're going to be miserable camping anyway, so they might as well do it properly. <laughs> More importantly, why are they staying in the tiny little tent when we see Rob later on with a massive tent? I don't think that's his. I think that's someone where he's staying. I think that was like a tarpaulin thing. I think so too. I think it was probably provided by the uh, owners of the land that he was staying on. Yeah, it could be. I reckon they said, I've got a tent, but no poles. So you're just going to have to tie it to a fence. Yes. <laughs> ben probably took the, the other tent with him. Yeah. Because they only have one tent with, between them, didn't they? And we get reminded that they met playing football growing up and shared similar struggles at school. And Ben is very dyslexic. And as long as he stays away from road signs, he'll be fine. At which point we see him reading a map. I think it's so sad if he's never read a book. It's just, it's sad. But, I mean, I understand if you can't see something. I don't, I don't know. There isn't, there isn't a solution. Uh, no, but I, I don't know why they hit this. I know. Why do we get virtually no backstory until the final episode? If these two are doing hunted to prove people wrong about their dyslexia, for example, why does it take until episode six for us to find this out? Because it's the same with uh, Ella and Jess. Ella and Jess were doing it to raise awareness of ADHD, and we heard nothing of it. Mm. God. Yeah, yeah, if you contrast that with Nick's story, right from the beginning, it was about improving himself, wasn't it? And, and we got that all the way through. Yeah, it's it was... I don't know, it felt like they were trying to distract us from the fact that they were winning. Because we got loads of comedy shots of just them being silly. Not really any kind of hero content at all. And then, bang, right in the final episode, compelling backstory. Strange. But yeah, it's, re- it's really weird that they seem to be distracting us from, from them winning. And it's quite reminiscent of... Um, the Alex and Bob and Joe and Dan story. And I know I made reference to this in, in week one, surprisingly, but it feels like they were deliberately hiding Ben and Rob as winners, but then showing Dan and Haley loads. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I don't see the, the advantage of doing that, really. Because I wouldn't say that Ben and Rob are unsatisfying winners, but I I feel like there was probably a lot of their scenes that were on the cutting room floor that could have been very entertaining. Yeah, I would imagine they had a right laugh. And they've stayed off the radar by hitchhiking for the last five days, and with only two days to go, Ben is having doubts about the strategy. And if he had the choice, he would have rung his dad. Yeah, I, I get where he's coming from, but we all know kindness of strangers. I know it's hard to pull off, but it's the most effective way of not getting caught. It really is. But then you consider that individually they both win. Not because of the kindness of strangers. Yeah, I know, I know. And with 36 hours left to go, Sherlock gathers everyone around. From this point onwards, the fugitives get the extraction information. And I had a major problem with this scene for one very good reason. There is not a chance that it was 36 hours beforehand. Because they got extracted at 1pm. So unless Hunted is filming at 1am, <laughs> which it isn't, yes. it is yes. not 36 hours beforehand. And it was daylight when they went into Asda. Exactly. Mm. It was probably about 48. Yeah. 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 So why would they say 36 then? I don't know. 
it's a nicer number and it's the traditional number, but they've never done it 36 hours beforehand because they always get extracted at 1pm. They are so far away from the extraction point. What is that? And they're so far away from each other. Mm. I had to actually look up Bristol and find out where it was on the map and I just went, Jesus, how? Why is everyone obsessed with Bristol this year as well? I know, it's been very Bristol-centric, hasn't it, this season? Yeah. So in Greater Manchester and Bristol, respectively, they must access a website to get the info. Dan and Haley go into the Altrincham Mazda, and Ben and Rob are in the Grounded Cafe, and they must make their way to Anglesey to be extracted by boats by accessing the video HQ Get Their Location. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say the exact same thing that I say every single series. Why? I say why a lot. <laughs> What's wrong with you? What's wrong? What is the absolute point of doing this stupid, pointless twist every year? Oh, that one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I railed against this in Hunted US. I railed against this every time the UK has done it. You don't need to do it. And as much as I love to argue with the people who go, oh, Hunted's so rigged for the Hunters, this is literally the one time in every series where it is rigged for the Hunters. There is no reason that they need to know where everyone is when they access the extraction information. Mm. Mm. It just doesn't make sense. Stupid. Well, it, it gives them, it gives the hunters an idea of where they are if they get the IP address of wherever they got it from, and then they can start sort of trying to track them. Yeah, but 23 days in, they should have an idea of where they are. Mm, yeah, but if they don't, it's going to be a really boring travel to the Indeed. extraction point, isn't it? It is... But I just don't see the point of them them doing this twist every year. I do, I do. It makes like a mini race at the end, mm. and it mean it it means the chance of the kind of ending we got, where they're moments away, just makes that more likely to happen. It would be really unsatisfying if they didn't know where they were heading from. They don't find out where the extraction point is, and meanwhile, you know, the hunters are still in Wigan. And Dan and Haley are in Anglesey. It'd be it'd be a terrible ending to the show. It would, but also it's the most heavy-handed bit every series because it's the one bit where I genuinely cannot argue with people and go, "Yeah, this show isn't rigged at all." Because literally, they just get information unnecessarily. Mm, yeah. I just think it's part of part of the show. Like just like they have to contact a close member of their family or a close associate. It's just part of the show. Otherwise, it w- it might have a really boring ending. Like at the at the end of this one, my heart was racing, and mm. I was I was really really at the edge of my seat. And I probably wouldn't have that if the hunters had no idea where they were and they were off like down at I don't know Brighton or, or somewhere like that. You know as well as I do that the show could edit around it to make it still an exciting ending. Yeah, not. Yeah, they could have, but then it really is taking the mickey out of the ending, like to making it up, you know. They don't have to tell the truth, but in telling the truth a little bit too much with this twist every year, it just gets a bit irritating, I'll be honest. Mm, I don't I don't mind it. I don't object to it at all. It's part of the game as far as I'm concerned. You're wrong. <laughs> So Sherlock says he wants to turn the entire British public against them, and he rings up BBC Radio Bristol. And yet, magically, the team that are somewhere in Greater Manchester can hear it. That's interesting. <laughs> Dan and Haley get a taxi out to the apartment of a local associate, Joy, who is wearing basically a silk kimono when she answers the door. 
and their taxi driver goes around the corner and dobs them in. And Sherlock asks for CCTV. And Joy gets them a lift from her friend Ovi. Legend. Dan has a gut feeling that the hunters will be there any second. And he's right. Steve and Lucy are right behind them. Dan and Haley's intuition has been an ongoing theme, and they are so spot on every time. It made a lot more sense after this episode where we find out that they've obviously done their research on Hunted. Yeah, clearly. And they did, they're just more, much more alert than your average contestant, aren't they? They really are switched on to, they could be here, let's keep an eye out, and they do. And yeah, I think to your point, Michelle, I can't, I can't remember anybody getting that close to the Hunters that often before and still making it. Mm. Mm. They're certainly up there in the Hunted Hall of Fame. Oh, definitely. The question is what um, what effect they will actually have on the next series in terms of will HQ prepare for someone like them? Will the Fugitives, if they're ever actually cast, prepare to be like them? Mm. They're, they're very good role models. They did almost everything spot on. And Ovi is using Google Maps to navigate, so keeping his phone on. Yeah, that's not a great move. Yeah, this is one bit where Dan and Haley get it wrong. You tell him to turn every communication thing off. Yeah, just figure it out, mate. <laughs> It'll be fine. We'll just mm-hmm. go turn by turn, switch about off. And part two ends with Dan and Haley once again seeing the hunter's car. Crazy. So the postwoman of the building says that they were inside, and they wonder how the hunters knew where they were. Dan says that the vehicle's been spotted and they need to swap cars again. And Sherlock gets increasingly frustrated at constantly missing these fugitives. Because they're on it, aren't they? Every time mm. they realise they've made a slip-up, they do something about it and they course-correct. Good well, move. Well, Dan does. I don't yeah. think Kaylee would be as cognizant if she was with another partner. It's Dan that is the one who's doing it all. I don't know. Haley, um Haley had some very good instincts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like earlier, like not going for the money and stuff like that. Oh, yes. Yeah, but Dan, I, I, what I'm saying is that Dan keeps alluding to things that have happened in the past on other shows, and he mm-hmm. knows what to do because of it. Yeah, they're um, they're both great. Mm. Uh, so, Ben and Rob persuaded a new associate called Ash to drive them to Anglesey, and if he wants to buy them at McDonald's drive through feel free. If he wants to ignore Ben, feel free. If your car wants to break down, feel free. If you want to get breakdown cover, you shouldn't have thought about that. How come there's only one camera person? Remember sometimes there's a camera and a sound person? There's only one camera person with them. The sound person might have been in another car. What other car? There was a scene when they were following them. Yeah, there's usually another vehicle following any fugitive vehicle. Where do they get another vehicle from? From the local team. We know there's a local team. What? Please explain. Michelle's eyes are being <laughs> over me around. <laughs> We've spoken about know. this before. So you've no. got you've got your you've got your embedded camera person who stays with the yes. team at all times. And yes. then there's a support team who are always relatively close to that person so that when they need new memory cards, batteries, when they're passing information back to HQ, they're always around. And then when they need to do these two shots like we've had loads of shots where we've been tailing vehicles. Well, the 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 shot in the car where you see the team—that's just something that the the camera person's put on the dash. Yeah, yeah. But the shots of the actual car driving, surprisingly, are not the camera person. Well, I know that. 
How do you think they were filmed? It's just weird. <laughs> Running that... behind them on the M6. <laughs> they got a selfie stick out the window. I'm just, I just don't understand why the sound person isn't in the car with them. Like, like I mean, in the Amazing Race. Like, the, the people have to go with the team. They can't suddenly be in a separate vehicle. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's all about being subtle. <laughs> yeah. In the shots where they're in the car, though, they can be pulling the sound from a boom that's just in the car somewhere. They don't need individual mics. Well, yeah. Yeah, so you don't need I, sound, I you don't that. need a sound person to capture that. You just need a mic in the car. So there's probably a boom on the floor between the seats that the camera person's so, just there. Okay, but then when Jess is in the bush, did she only have one person with her or two? No, she had one. Where did the other one go? They just left her. I think most of the time they've got one. I've I've got a feeling the camera person does the sound usually. Well, I thought that, but then someone once said that there were two. No, it's it's only when they're um, when they're travelling on a road or something where they tend to have a following vehicle. Yeah, I think I think the camera person is manning the sound as well. I think they've yeah. just got camera mounted boom or something. Well, yeah, I always thought that until someone else said something different, and then I changed my mind, and now I've got to change it back. Well, someone <laughs> lied to you, Michelle. Yes. But we do know that there's a support team that helps helps out the embedded camera people because they're, they're going to need supplies, aren't they, and stuff. And that, and they then double up as being the extra camera person. For example, when Ben and Rob split, that explains how magically yeah. they both get a camera person because there's a local team that are close by that say, right, we need another embedded camera now. Yeah. So Ash's tyre pressure is really low and his wheel starts rattling. He doesn't have breakdown cover and they are still 160 miles away from the extraction points at Hotwood Services. Ben really wants to ring home to get help. He's crazy. And in Cheshire, Dan and Haley are walking along a path on the final day. And they ask for help. Anglesey today, shit the bed. <laughs> it's a lovely bit, that was. But again, really sharp. It was a slip up. I get, you know, Haley's made a mistake. But Dan's straight on it. He's realised, oh, we've got a potential leak here. That's, they're still sharp. They're really sharp, so close to the end. Yeah. Can you tell me, please, why the hell he ate the paper? <laughs> that was the funniest scene. I don't understand. There was no reason. Well, it was just so there literally wouldn't be a paper trail of it being an Anglesey. I think he's if making a point. If they found his bag with the notepad, they found him. Yeah, I think he was making a point that you don't reveal the extraction point, Haley. Look, see, <laughs> even where I've got it written down, I'm destroying it. Look, you can't do that. Because, as he says, in previous series, someone's got uh, everyone into a lot of trouble by having a folded note with where the the extraction point was that they then put down a drain. Yeah. In (laughs) probably my favourite banner we've ever used for hunted. (laughs) Let's head down the drain. That's great. So, yeah, Dan's not happy that Haley told a stranger they were going to Anglesey. It's a mistake from a former series, and he eats the note. It might not be healthy, Dan. I don't care. It's the point. She's absolutely wetting herself at this bit. She, she loves it. It's so funny. And Ovi gets traced and Mark and Michelle interrogate him. He wants them to win, so he won't tell them anything. He's loyal, not a snitch. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, I like my soldiers. Yeah, Sherlock eye rolls at him calling them his soldiers. It's so good. So good. And this, this, for anybody who ends up being on the show in the future as a friend, that's how you do it, folks. Give them nothing. Yeah, you tell them nothing, you say, I'm loyal to them, not to you. Suck it, Sherlock. Even when he's not the boss anymore, you just still say, suck it, Sherlock. <laughs> I love that guy. Just deadpan. I'm loyal. They are my soldiers. I'm not a snitch. 
It's great. He reminds me a lot of Frenchie from The Boys, if either of you have seen that. I have not. It's very much a sort of programme you need to show your kids, Michelle. (laughs) Yeah, sure. It doesn't sound like it is. (laughs) Have you seen it, (laughs) No. No. Do you know what it is, though? No idea, but it sounds wildly inappropriate. Yeah, it does. (laughs) It's a superhero show on Amazon Prime, but it's... um, All the superheroes are kind of reprehensible people. And it's really good and really, really violent and sweary. It pushes the line of an 18. Okay. And Ben has taken matters into his own hands and rings his friend Brian. HQ get a live intercepts, and Colin knows that there is a services there because he's from that rough area. <laughs> and using the same phone, Ben has booked a taxi north, and Rob has decided to go alone and keep hitchhiking because he believes in people. I believe, man. What is Ben doing? What is Ben doing? A taxi. With the same phone as ringing his friend to make a connection. Yeah. Oh my god. At least Rob's driver's great. I'm aiding and abetting. I'll be back in a little while. Yeah. (laughs) He goes into a steakhouse, finds someone who's who's willing to drive him a hundred and odd miles, says that I'm aiding and abetting. I'll be back in a minute. (laughs) Brilliant. Love it. And then Helen rings the taxi company, the dispatcher tells her that he's going to Bridge North, the driver lies and says he drops him in the town centre. Ben says that he owes Jim his driver. <laughs> yeah, ben, ben has clearly lost the plot, plot at this point, hasn't he? He's not taking any steps to cover his tracks. No, and yet somehow he actually manages to make it there before Rob does. No, a lot of luck, I think, on the last day. A lot of luck. And Helen correctly suspects that he's not telling the truth, so keeps the car on monitoring. Ben arrives at his girlfriend's cousin's house in Northwich, and he's using it as a staging post to get to Anglesey on the final day. And then HQ get the ANPR detail, which shows that Jim lied, and Rob is still 160 miles away, but in South Wales. And he knocks on a random house and has to ring a friend, as it's his only option, and convinces his friend Greg to help him the next day. Very lucky. 160 miles is a long way, isn't it? Yeah, nobody yeah. has ever been that far from an extraction point and still made it. Oh my. Uh, yeah. That's, a, that's what it's... I mean, it's not great roads either from South Wales to North Wales. That's probably three or four hours drive. At least. I mean, he, he ended up having three hours when Greg picked him up. So he must have been bucking it. Yeah, must have been so close to the wire. Or maybe it wasn't actually a 1pm extraction and the show lied to us. Who knows? And HQ get a tip that someone is heading to Wales and it is the boyfriend of someone who works at the same restaurant as the getaway driver that Rob used. Mm. That place, it looks like it's on an island where the extraction point is. Is it an island? Yeah, Anglesey's an island, yeah. Yeah, it's got and a bridge. Only, it looked, looked like there were two bridges, or is one a train bridge? Well, the, the, uh, the main bridge is the Menai Bridge, which is the one that uh, they got the camera on. Yeah. Yes, and, but there's another bridge not far from it. Um, either to the east or west. I, I didn't know which one it was, and I, I was wondering if that was another car bridge or if that was a train sort of bridge. Might be a train bridge. I'm not sure. Because mm. I, I googled it while the episode was on, trying to just figure out how many crossings there were. So there's the Menai Suspension Bridge, which carries the A5, which is the one they drove on, and Robert Stevenson's mm. 1850 Britannia Tubular Bridge, which yep. is trains. Okay. Yeah, and I was just thinking, gosh, if the aunties knew they were going over there, that one bridge, that's all they needed to be able to wait on one side. Um, at least that 
you know, at least they weren't there. Essentially, like Greenard, there's one road in, one road out. Mm-hmm. So it makes it such an exciting extraction point, doesn't it? Because it's it's not like they can be coming in from all angles. They're, they're going one direction. They know exactly where they're going to come in from. Yeah, and I'm quite surprised that nobody moaned about this on social media because it's it's restricting the uh, the fugitives' movements. It's so rigged for the hunters to first make the extraction point at the top of a car park in Birmingham and now to give them a road where it's only one road in, one road out. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not like last season it was a city bang in the middle of the country where you could get from literally everywhere. <laughs> exactly, I mean... You'd have to be pretty unlucky to be 160 miles from the Birmingham extraction point. You wouldn't have got there, but you'd have to be pretty unlucky to be 160 miles away with only three hours left. You'd have never got into Birmingham City Centre for three hours. Even from Derby? No, exactly. And by cutting it down to Wales, they have cut 65,000 square miles out of where the extraction could be. And on extraction day, everyone wakes up to the final day of stress, and Ben says that people don't remember the losers, they only remember the winners. Wrong. <laughs> and I think if you uh, if you contact our good friends Dan and Joe, you may realise that that sentence was incorrect. Or the lady who jumps into the canal. Yeah, we're never going to forget Hamish and Michaela, are we? Let's be honest. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think we'll forget about ninety percent of the people on Hunted. <laughs> yeah, the two guys who shaved their heads. <laughs> like that was that was weird. Most of these people are the subjects of at least one running joke. Like, you always remember David and Emily because of Blaze, obviously. Oh, yeah. You always remember Henry VIII and Pennywise. <laughs> oh, God, they were such a good team! Which I'm still very proud that we nicknamed them that so early. <laughs> I don't know why I'm just going for American examples here, but, yeah. We remember the winners and the losers, that's that's essentially what I'm trying to get at. We remember the characters. Don't really care whether they win or lose, yeah. it's the interesting people we like. And with four hours to go, Sherlock wakes the team up, and he says the two clues that they have is that Wales is going to be where the extraction is, and that Ben is in Northwich, and he wants to use a direction of travel on Ben to get to the exact point. The four remaining fugitives must get to a port in North Wales by 1pm to win. And the voiceover obviously is not attempting to actually pronounce the name of the port. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, I'm not going to go for it either. Neither have I, but it did make me laugh that they put it on the screen, but he said, oh no, it's a port in North Wales, I'm not touching that with a barge pole. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it to the hunters to, mis- <laughs> to mispronounce things. And Ben gets an obvious winning confessional and wants to prove every little shite who doubted him wrong. Good on him. And he hopes Rob wins too, but he also wants to be right. I know, it was quite interesting, wasn't it, at this stage, when they'd split up, there was a bit of, it, a bit of Ben going, well, if he doesn't make it... So be it. I'm the right one here. <laughs> we have never had a pair with that sort of relationship on before. We don't tend to get many friend teams anyway, with this sort of a relationship at least, where it's like, yeah, we split up, but also I kind of hope he doesn't win just so I can hold it above his head forever. And HQ make the connections Northwich, which is, of course, Emma, and Emma's car's on ANPR, and they get a ping, and Sherlock gets excited. And he sends all units to North Wales for further instruction. And Rob is still waiting for Greg to arrive with only three hours to go. And Greg says that it's going to be very, very, very close. He's not wrong. <laughs> that, that, that is a tough journey to do. And then HQ get another ping for Emma at 11.04am on the A5 Torch Banger. And Sherlock asks what air and sea options there are for Anglesey. 
and then Ben crosses the Menai Bridge with an hour to go, which HQ will get a ping for. HQ sent everyone to Anglesey, and Steve attempts a come on. Oh, yes. <laughs> not as good as Danny's. It wasn't bad, but nothing will be as good as Danny's. Dan and Haley are being driven to the extraction point by the owner of the B&B they stayed in, and they hide in the bushes by the harbour. I wonder how early they got there. I think it was pretty early. Yeah. Because by all accounts, the people who were in Anglesey at the time spotted Dan and Haley in the bushes and then just didn't tip the hunters off. Right. Because I seem to remember that there was a... I think Stephen sent this over to me last week. There was a newspaper article of, essentially, why is there a helicopter flying over Anglesey? And then someone did a bit of research, found out it was for Hunted, and then saw a couple run out of the bushes. Uh, okay. Yeah, it felt like they got there in plenty of time. And Ben hides in the car boot to wait for extraction time. And Doug finds a boat heading in with ten minutes left to go, and it's called Blackjack. And Carl's in the helicopter above and spots it. Dan and Haley also spot the chopper from their hiding place in the bushes. And Colin calls it Almwitchport. All units get sent there. And then everyone runs for the boat. Mark and Michelle are only one minute away by car. And ben is released from his boot prison, unlike Michelle's children, and makes a run and then a swim <laughs> for it. And Rob was... was in a boot too, wasn't he? Rob was in another boot. No, Rob didn't have a chance to be in a boot. <laughs> didn't have time. <laughs> he just jumped out of the car. Everyone was so close, and I'm like, my heart's going crazy. Yeah. I'm like, come on, come on. I'm basically I mean, that... like, come on. <laughs> that car that Ben was in was so close to the extraction point. God, it must have been so so tense sat in that boot going, Can't get out yet, yeah. can't get out yet, can't get out yet. And the and the, the guy from the helicopter, he's running and and there's people the standing. That was so close. That was that was quite good. So Ben gets released from his boot prison, makes a run and then a swim for it, and then Dan and Haley are next, and Dan proposes at the finish line. Very yeah. fast, very fast. Yes. <laughs> At which point, I only have two words on my notes, which is, fuck yes. <laughs> I screamed, I'm hoping, no, my husband would have seen me. Yes, he would have and thought I was insane. I screamed, launched my arms into the air, went, yes! <laughs> see, I've, I've re-watched the proposal scene a couple of times just to see whether I was right on this. But... It explains why we didn't see anything on social media, obviously because it was on the run. But also, mm. the camera angles were terrible on it. Yeah. Because they didn't know what was going to happen, and they can't say, oh, can you just do that again, please? I think they might have been tipped off that he was going to do it at the extraction point. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't have put the proposal confessional in if they didn't know it was going to happen, obviously. But I think that they were probably warned that it was going to happen, but then they needed to not make it obvious to Haley to make it a natural reaction. Yeah, mm. yeah, I did think though, for the sake of a couple of minutes, why don't you just wait till you're in the boat when you've got a bottle of champagne and yeah, a load of exactly. cash? Ask in the boat. That's what I was thinking. Was it not a bit cramped in that boat? They were struggling to fit four people in there. I know. So what if um, they hadn't caught Ella and Jess? How was that going to work? I'm assuming they would have got a bigger boat. It's the Jaws principle. <laughs> you're going to need a bigger boat. But I mean, purely from a filming point of view. It kind of makes sense for him to do it on the dock rather than on the boat, because if Ben is already making his way over to the boat, which he is, he's the first one to get there, then he would have been blocking the shots. They wouldn't have got a clean shot of him proposing in in the boat, and also he would have then had to do it at high speed as they were booking it out there from the hunters, which would have been hilarious, but also probably not safety conscious. (laughs) 
So I think the safest option was to propose at the port, but also it's an absolute filming nightmare because they can't really just hide a camera in there to get a good shot of him proposing. They kind of just have to wing it because a big camera would then tip Haley off to what's actually going to happen. Yeah. But it does explain why we've not seen any anything on their social media about how he proposed to it because, you know, there are no good camera angles for it. <laughs> it's a video at best. And then they take a leap of faith into the water and head to the boat too. And then Rob makes a run for it. There are four winners. Do you know how close Rob was? Because I do. No, go on. The la- he was the last one out. He said on Twitter that he made it by three seconds. Whoa. Well, as, as, in the, the as in the boat one, was I... about to go? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Four seconds later, and he would have missed the boat, literally. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking, where is Rob? This boat's going to leave. Because it's not going to just hang around and wait to see if he arrives. It's going to leave. Yeah, he said, he said on on Twitter that he was three seconds away from losing. Wow. Amazing. But maybe, you know, they would have shared the money anyway. Well, Ben and Rob probably would, or Rob would have got a share of it. I'm not sure it would have been an equal mm-hmm. share, because it would have been a na 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 told you so situation. But yeah, they they literally just missed him by three seconds. <laughs> well, I, you know what? Sometimes I don't know whether the extraction point is, you know, they've arrived there, you know, a bit later than the actual people. Because sometimes you can't really tell and they may have just edited it like that and and popped them running there into it. But when you saw them swimming to the boat and you saw the crowd gathered on the shore and then the helicopter man came around the corner and the crowd was still there with them and I thought, okay, this is is really close. Yeah, you, you literally saw Carl on the dock seeing them sail away. Mm hmm Mm. And also, the one time that they're being extracted by boat recently, and Jordan isn't there to jump in the water and try and swim after them. What the hell? <laughs> That's his job. He loves doing that. So Sherlock gets his second and final loss as boss. And they get champagne. Ben has self-belief now. Dan says he saw sides of Haley that he's never seen before, and that's why he proposed. And then we end the episode, as we should, with a Haley quote that I'm going to make Michelle say in Wigan just for funsies, and for all time's sake. <laughs> yes. She said, if someone said that I'd jump in the sea, I'd be like, no way! So I would quite like you to say it, Michelle. <laughs> no. no way, because that, that, I'm saying it in Aussie, because you will bring it up <laughs> in all these other times when I don't want it there. Michelle, <laughs> I would never do that to you. Go on, please do it, please. <laughs> just for me. No. Just for me, go on. No. Do it, no, please. No, you're such no. a smile sport. Wait a minute, there's been. Let me just play this bit on Hunted. Hang on a sec. Being on the run made me see sides of Haley that I've never seen before. It showed me how amazing she is. She was a lot stronger than me mentally. Made me see sides of Haley that I've never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a pretty easy one to try and copy. So, Haley does end the episode by saying if someone said she'd jump in the sea, she'd be like, no way! But who knows? Who knows what she'll jump off next? If that's the takeaway that you get from this series, then be my guest. It's like, yeah, I know, I might have won, but also, I mean, I've jumped in the sea, and I didn't even have a reason to do it. And I got engaged on the run. So, as I alluded to, Sherlock is indeed stepping away from his role as boss and chief subject of irritation from us. So the question now is who should be the new chief? Oh, God. Same question I asked last time. 
who's the older guy standing next to Sherlock when they were having the group chat on the um, 36-hour mark? The tall guy with white hair. I know the one you mean. I can't remember his name, though. Okay. No. I, I don't know. He was featured no. quite a bit in this final. It's got to be Helen or Julie, surely. It's, yeah, it's got to be Helen or Julie. It can't be any of the men there. It definitely can't be the two mummies boys. I made this prediction last year, and I'm sticking to it. I think Julie would make a good chief. Yeah, I think yeah, she would. I think she would, yeah. Or boss, or commander. Ma'am. Be they ma'am. better not call her ma'am. Seriously, <laughs> Julie, if you're listening and you become chief, boss, whatever, you better not be called ma'am. You better give yourself a good name. The governor. Mm. The go- that's, a, that's a guy, though. Governor. No, the, the governor's from the heist. Sue Hill. Uh, that's, okay. that's a great title for um, for Julie. Well, then you can't have it from the highest and then have it for this as well. Commander. Commander's good. I like Commander. Commander Clegg kind of rolls off the tongue. It's nice. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Can we tweet that? Can we hashtag that now? Hashtag Commander Clegg. Yeah, please. Okay, I'm doing that when I get off the phone. Yeah, Sherlock essentially said that um, it's time for a change, but I have a theory on why on why it's happened, and that is with everything being cancelled because of coronavirus, I think that filming might be slightly later and and then Sherlock and Danny are now unavailable for that filming period, so he has to step down as chief as a, as a result. Well, I don't mate, think uh, anyone knows when any filming period is now, though. Do you agree? Yeah. I think we'll still get a hunted next year as long as this stupid nonsense dies down soon, but I think they are going to film a lot later this year than they normally do. They normally feel yeah. kind of end of May or early June. So if he's busy and he's just kept May, June free for filming, then whenever it reschedules, it's not going to work, is it? No, that's what I mean. I, I think that might be the reason, because we know that he was kind of planning to be back next series, but... Well, it seems like yeah. it. Unless he was lying to us, obviously. But, yeah, that that kind of makes logical sense, if not. Um, Something also interesting is that every chief slash boss that there has been unhunted, has let four civilians go free. There have been four winners in in the tenures of each of the three chiefs so far. Mm. Which is something I didn't spot until someone kind of half-pointed out on uh, on Twitter. Mm. And also, as you might have spotted on social media, Ella and Jess are also engaged now. Oh, I didn't yes. spot that. Oh, that's good. No, but it was on... Wasn't it on the show? No. Where did I see that? Nicola Ella's mum was posting it everywhere. Oh, oh, that's that's right. I saw it. Yeah. yeah, they got engaged some time over Christmas, I think. And we actually have a guest question to finish the episode. I'm not going to tell you who it's from just yet. But someone DM'd me and said, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on the season in broader terms. What would you improve or change? They read a lot of online comments and get the largely unfounded frustrations that some viewers have. Uh, what that? would I change? Who, who said that to you? That was from Hunter Collin. Oh, oh Hi, Colin. So, it depends what they, whether they want to shut people up or not. If they want to shut people up, then publish the rules. I would say. Yeah, that's the only thing they can do. Then they they will that'll stop the general chatter about. Oh, it's it's all a beat up, you know. The only thing I'd, I'd say on that is that as soon as they do it, they're giving people rope to hang them with. In that we know that the rules change slightly every series. And yeah. if they publish the rules for one series, they then have to do it every series. Otherwise, people can go, oh, but that breaks the rules that were in five series ago. Mm. Well, mm. then they can easily put it out and say, these are the rules for 2021. And also, more importantly, 
it gives future fugitives the chance to prepare and make plans, which is something they don't want to happen. No, I agree. I'm, I'm not saying they should. Um, I'm just saying that that would be the only thing I can think of to shut people up. Um, to improve it, I don't know. I mean, the one for me is getting rid of the extraction ping, because you don't need it. It just adds unnecessary grief and makes people go, oh, this show's rigged, me included. Yeah, I, I don't have an issue with that. I think that's okay. Um... I don't think they could improve it. I mean, it's a pretty good show. I mean, what? It, it's, you can't stop the haters of any show. And yeah, if you give them if you give them the rules, then it's like with Survivor. They they always say things are rigged, and there's a there's an idol, and they've told them where it is. You know, it's with everything, it's with every show. One thing that I would obviously do to improve it is show Doug and Colin and those sort of people a lot more. Like, just give us online extras if you need to. We just mm. need more of those people in our lives. And I'm not just saying this because Colin sent the question in, but. You know, we just need more more of those people in our lives. I think it would be and... useful for them to explore more, um, and you'd ha- you would have to do it as extras because there isn't time to do it. But for them to show some of the investigations that don't lead anywhere might be interesting. Mm. But also, you know, people get so invested in the characters on the show that the actual fugitives. It might be nice to get to know a few of the hunters. Because although I always want the fugitives to win, I I don't want the hunters to win. We tend to know about the hunters and we, you know, we feel connection with with certain ones, but the public do not feel connected to any hunter at all, maybe just Ben, but that's it. It would be nice to have some connection with the hunters as well. But granted, it is a show about the the fugitives, Mm. unless that could be an extra just an extra thing that's that's available on the website. And one huge thing they could do to improve is make us the official podcast next year. Yeah, obviously. How can they how can they do that? Like seriously. They know exactly where we are. I give the email out every podcast. If Channel Four want to email me, give me lots of money to do a podcast for them, I will happily do that. <laughs> but does Rob have a website? Is that the official survival? podcast pretty much now survivor doesn't have but they don't have they they don't say oh this is the official podcast yeah but channel four do have history on this with sas who dares wins they did have an official podcast this year really well you're just you're just you're a renegade michael they can't trust you seriously (laughs) i am a renegade and i am a complete liability but also we have we have now done this for four years they do need to give us some credit but they don't know what's going to come out of your mouth michael I am on my best behaviour when I am on the actual radio, and I would just use that mindset for when, uh, for if I did an official podcast. Really? So if you've got the term official there, then you become a good boy. When I control the rules, as I do with our podcasts, all bets are off. <laughs> That's generally how it works. <laughs> yeah. So time to eulogise the season, I guess, or the series. It was very good. It was a very good series, mm. very well cast. Still don't understand why Ben and Rob were so under-edited. I suppose it makes more room for Dan and Haley, uh, which, again, seems a little unfair. Uh, why were we pointed in one direction when both sets won? But no, I, th- I thought it panned out really well. Um, it felt, do you know, it felt more like an old-school hunted season. We didn't see any random leaps of new technology or anything like that. There was nothing. It was pretty much uh, AMPR 
and normal tracking. There wasn't any suddenly they've got a way of intercepting mail or anything weird like that. No, I would say that the casting was really, really good this series, even by Hunted standards. It was a shame we didn't see much of uh, of Ben and Rob, because we are aware of at least one sneaky thing that they did that somehow never made it onto the TV. But I would say it's it's been a really good series. Slightly irritating it was so late, and nobody knows why, mm. but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I always enjoy it, but um, yeah, I thought it was particularly good. It's a shame that we are now losing um, losing Sherlock, Danny, and also Lucy as well, Grand Hunter Lucy, at least. Aww. But who knows, because no, we've no idea when they're ever going to be able to get to film it. So That is true. Uh, anything you want to say, Michelle? No, I just enjoyed I enjoyed it. Sad it's over again, and we don't know when there'll be another one. Um, it's sad that Sherlock's going. It is, yeah. But let's be honest, for Series 6, we're 100% just going to keep referring to Sherlock as Sherlock and keep referencing him. Mm. He's not going to go from our podcast just because he's not on the show. Of course not. As someone said on the Hunted page, please put Sherlock and Blex as a team. <laughs> oh, how good would that be? Can you be? imagine Commander Clegg's face as she, uh, as she finds oh out that, uh, that Sherlock and Blex are a team? Oh. oh. Can you imagine? He's so, so good. Love it. They they could do that for the celeb version. Oh, they could, because it's, yeah. It would just be a really funny trick. (laughs) And now we have a team. What? Who is this? (laughs) The thing is, I'm not sure that they would do it for Commander Clegg's first series in charge. It would be a bit mean. God, I hope. We are going to, we have to put this out there. We have to put these hashtags Everywhere. She has to be given this job. Commander Click, please. Where I've got to get off my phone so I can start tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you for listening to our Hunted Recaps All Series. We'll be back at some point soon for more episodes. Thank you, as always, to everyone involved in the show, from Anna Michelle to composer Nick Harvey, Gold Command Kevin O'Leary, all the fugitives and hunters, and, of course, Doug, as our favourite. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are RTV Warriors, or you can email us on contact at rtvwarriors.com. Anthony is on Twitter at Bullsboy, Michelle is on Twitter at Bear3333333, and I am MJ Harmstone. See you next time, but for this series, your time in the run is over. Bye! Bye.